Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Hey, this is Ashley from Team Serious Tri Club. Tonight's episode, Beck talks all about issues you'll feel if your bike seat is too high or too low, hand numbness on the bike, favorite saddles and recommendations, how to handle and attack some indoor trainer rides, and briefly touches on fueling for an Ironman and caffeine intake. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, everybody. How are we all? Today, I've got my rockin' horse retreat Healing retreat. I've got something on my shirt here. I don't know what it is. Probably some yogurt. <laughs> hey everybody. So let me get this pinned because we have some awesome stuff happening today. Who's been watching the Olympics? Let me pin this real quick. Mark as announcement. So of course we watched the triathlon and the team one. That was amazing. It was so inspiring. Um, the swimmers, I have to say Australia is just just kicking some ass in the pool. Um, and I hear Simone is going to go back, not my twin sister, the Simone is going to go back and do the bar, I think, at the Olympics, which is pretty cool that she decided that um, she wants to participate. I think that's amazing. Um, God, it's very bright here, isn't it? So who is on today? Give me a shout out, guys, if you can see me. Um, we had a medal Monday today. I saw that we posted some race results, which is just awesome. We had some amazing results. I definitely want to do a huge shout out to my athlete or former athlete, Nicole Duback, who just qualified for the first time after many, many attempts. Hey, Karen Peterson. Nicole Duback has qualified for the Hawaii Ironman World Championships. And it's just amazing. Um, I am just so proud of her. She did incredible. We had some awesome results over the weekend. Um, Leanna Carrera did her at 70.3 in Calgary and Amanda Vella as well. And they had amazing days. I know Leanna dealt with a massive cramp and got through that. We can talk about some little tricks um, of the trade for helping cramps. Um, we also had Maddie who coaches Steve Vernum and Laurie Beck, who I believe um, both crushed it. I think they may have both won their age group. Um, so we had some awesome, awesome results. And if I missed anyone... Please let us know um, when you do have a race, you guys. If you guys can just DM Dan Mascarello. Um, I'll tag him on here right now because if you can DM him your results so we don't miss anyone, um, we're going to try and post everybody's results. So I'm tagging Dan right now. Uh, please DM Dan your race results. There we go. So we've got Nikki on. How are you? Oh, my wife is on. I don't know why because she's meant to be out doing other work. So I don't know how she's possibly on this live chat. That might be a mistake. <laughs> um, we have Nicole Walker on, Jenna Dixon on, Karen Peterson. How are you? Now, Karen has not very long at all to her race. And if you guys saw, um, this is something that we provide as well. Karen posted a video of her on the bike. Well, she sent it to me and I'll have her post it before and after because she told me she had sacroiliac issues. And I said straight away, looking at her pedal stroke, um, she was really toey and she looked way too high even when her crank wasn't straight down very full. So I said, drop your seat like 10 mil straight away. And immediately, I'm not saying I'm a guru of bike setups, but I could see things that some people don't notice. And she dropped her seat um, straight away and no more sacroiliac joint pain. So usually if your seat's too high, you can get SIJ, lower back stuff. Or if your handlebars are too far away, you can get lower back issues. Um, you can also get hamstring issues, um, knee issues. If your seat's too high, you generally feel it in your hamstring. 
at the back. Um, you can feel if your cleats are off, you may feel it on your, the outside of your knee. Sometimes that can be because your cleat position isn't straight. I know Kath Carpenter had that and we fixed her cleat nice and straight because it was turned the wrong way. When you click out, if it's not tight, it'll go to the wrong side. You want to have really tight cleats with a little bit of float. The red ones or the locked in ones, but I think it's the yellow or I can't remember, that's red I think that actually have that little bit of float. So you always want to have a little bit of float if you have knee niggles. And then someone complained about having sore quads while they ride, and that's usually because your seat's too low. So you don't have that full extension of your hamstrings and your quads aren't relaxing, they're always contracted. So yeah, that was great. Um, I'm so glad when I can help people with that. Um, we did have a question. Now I'm going to have a quick look here because I know that we had a question in here. Uh, someone had a question on the chat. Let me go through and Post your questions, you guys, um, straight away while I'm on here right now, real quick, if you can. Um, today I was out, um, believe it or not, driving a horse trailer with my friend Katie, our trainer, uh, doing an owner surrender situation where two of our horses had to come back to us because the lady was, um, I would say she was kind enough and um, pre uh, not so proud that she was able to surrender these horses to us rather than just give them away. So they're going to stay here with us now and get um, a little bit of training, get their feet done a little bit. One needs a diet very badly. <laughs> <laughs> and they came back to us today. So I've been trailing horses for about the last four hours and they're finally back here. I'm looking at them right now. They look very happy and settled back in. Um, they definitely need a diet though <laughs> and attention to their, they maybe need a little day spa day, I think, with their feet. So yellow have the most float, that's right. And red have a little bit, I think black is the ones that have none. Is that right? Or is red blocked in? I can't remember. I should not have been that long since I've bought cleats. Okay, so we have a question here. Um, and I've had this before as well. The question is, and I'm not sure who it's from, so maybe if Ash is listening, she can let me know who, who posted this. Or if you're on listening tonight, let me know, because that doesn't say who it's from. My right hand is often going numb on the bike when I'm not in aero. I've exhausted all effort to give to solve this. Is it a bike fit issue? Um, I don't think it's probably, well, it could be a bike fit issue. reason why your um, one hand goes numb and mine used to do the same is it can be from neural from your coming up from behind your head. Um, there's a nerve that runs and it could be from a tight trap. Most likely if it's muscular, um, but your trapezius runs, um, it inserts right up here under your, um, under your skull, top of your neck, under your uh, top of your neck there, runs all the way down your neck, all the way down the back all the way down here and if it's pinched here somewhere in the middle of your trap here you can get um, numb fingers so it could be something to do with that I would also check the seat um, isn't tilted down if there's a seat slightly tilted down it should be either dead flat it should be dead flat or only one or two degrees no more tilted down at the nose you can get a level and measure the level of the seat like this while it's on a trainer and dead flat and if it's slightly tilted down, you're going to have a lot of pressure on your hands, on your handlebars. So that could put more pressure on your neck and then you're have, going to have a lot of weight on your hands. So definitely make sure that your seat is, whoops, I'm trying to do flat, is dead flat like this. Um, and make sure it's not tilted down at all. When it's slightly tilted down, some people can get away with it. One or two degrees max. I used to have it about one or two degrees down. Uh, my favorite saddle was the Cobb Max Plus or the just the Cobb Max. And um, that was just really, really supportive for for a time trialing right at the top where it has a lot of um, padding. So I would look at that for sure. And then I'm still new to indoor trainer rides. Not sure if the weather will spoil my outdoor ride, but I wanted to know how you handle your indoor rides. Okay, first, how you handle your indoor rides. We try to emulate or stimulate simulate every single thing that is written on the plan that we would do on the road. We simulate it pretty much identically on the trainer. The only thing we do try to do is when you're on the road, often you have the lights, you stop a little bit, um, you get time to rest a little. So if it's like say a five or six hour ride, we'll take off about 25%. So we'll go four and a half, five hours. 
Um, if you can handle six, that's fine. The longest I've done on the trainer is like eight hours. I don't recommend it. I mean, it makes you mentally tough, but it's not necessary. But if you're training for a half, three hours, um, four hours max on the trainer would be enough for an easy ride. And if you've got an easy ride written down by your coach for four hours, you could probably get away with doing about three, about 25% less. Because a lot of the time you're actually free pedaling or waiting at lights or some people have their garment stopping, but you're still getting that break um, while you're out on the road a lot of the time. It's not always, we don't always have the luxury of like riding nonstop and um, so that would be my tip for that and if it's an intense session often it's really good like if you've got max power efforts or anything under three minute efforts like it's really good to do that on the trainer um, hide your power and look at it afterwards focus on cadence and effort and then you can see how you're doing but some of the max power stuff and the, the shorter intervals we definitely do on the trainer just for more specific work um, and not have any interference with outside wind or um, terrain or anything like that or traffic lights um, big gear work if you don't have a big hill that's um, consistent and you can do each week without traffic and it's not safe then always do big gear work on the trainer as well but long rides you definitely want to try and get out on the bike just to get used to your bike handling and people around you and cars and being aware it's very different bike handling on the road I always recommend doing it at least once a week so for the long ride preferably but cut it back by about 25 percent um, if it's an extra, extra long bike, you can get away with that. 25% less is what we recommend. The longest ride, as you asked, um, I've done eight hours, but I never give my athletes more than four or five on the trainer, especially somewhere that's humid and hot and you're sweating a lot. Um, I have my guys in Florida do it in front of air conditioning, in front of a fan, because the complete fatigue with having no fan and no air conditioning and the sweat rate um, when you're on a trainer, you don't have the wind. And it might seem still hot outside, but you always have the wind cooling you off. And you don't have that when you're riding on the trainer. Um, so I always recommend um, doing it in the air conditioning or um, at least using a fan um, just to be careful and mindful of that extreme fatigue and sweat rate. Um, and then any tips like maybe breaking up the ride, I struggle a bit on the trainer after an hour or so. Ooh. Okay, whoever wrote this, and I'm not sure who it was, if you're struggling after an hour and you're doing 70.3 or Ironman, it means that you probably need to firstly maybe get your bike set bike uh, fit checked because you might be uncomfortable if it's a boredom thing you've probably chosen the wrong sport <laughs> um, but you've got to get used to it because it's all in here when you're out there on your own um, in a race a lot of the time it's very lonely and you need to be able to stay laser focused and not be distracted and be in the moment and if you're getting tired after one hour or bored or if it's not a pain thing if it's a boredom thing it means you need to just do it more you need to depends like Siri and I are big believers of music we're not big believers of um, watching TV shows unless it's a very easy aerobic enjoy yourself flush your legs four or five hour, hour aerobic ride watch a movie but that is usually only if you've done the work during the week like you've really had a massively hard session and this is just literally a spinning workout to get just time in the saddle and time in the saddle means getting used to the bars getting used to the position so if you're more uncomfortable it's more of a comfort thing I would recommend um, seeing a bike fitter. Ivan O'Gorman is incredible. Uh, Matt, I forget his last name, or Rini's the guy that does Rini, um, is also really good. But um, you can come out to Boulder. It's totally worthwhile coming out here just to get a bike fit in Niwot with Ivan O'Gorman. And Niwot is where uh, Bob Cranny's daughter, who just made the 5K for the Olympic finals, 
I can't think of her first name. Uh, if you know it, post it on here. But our little local girl from Nywood, town of 4,000, just down the road, literally five minutes, uh, she qualified for the Olympic 5K. So Cranny's her last name. I can't think of her first name. Um, got sidetracked there. But um, get a bike fit. Get a bike fit. And if you're bored after an hour, you might want to do sprint or Olympic first because you really need to have that laser focus and stay in the moment and be able to just um, be okay with the boredom really of just riding five hours. If you can't ride five hours on a trainer um, without getting off or without getting off for a quick toilet break um, and be completely just focused, then it's gonna be really hard to have that focus for an Ironman um, and three hours, say, for a half Ironman. So I think it's something you need to practice for your mental strength as well. A lot of the times it's just honestly a mental strength thing. It's not necessarily the time in the legs. It's more of how can you deal with them um, sitting there for three hours and not being distracted. So that's where music, I think, plays a really big role. I was able to listen to music the year in 2009 when Chrissy and I both got the world record. We were allowed to use music in Roth. I think it might be still allowed. And I ran to like Pink and Michael Jackson and U2 and Pearl Jam and I don't know, all these amazing like 80s and 90s mixed songs. Um, and it got me through the run. It helped me run my 255. I don't think I could have run that fast without music. So we're big fans of music. So let me know, guys, if you can hear me. Um, that's the only question I saw for now on there. So yeah, music, Siri agrees with it. We love music. She always has her music playing. She still has a CD that has like Loretta Harp and her on there. It says like Loretta and Siri's music and she still uses it in the pain cave with, with Ellie and I feel so sorry for Ellie because I don't think Ellie was even born back then. <laughs> no, Ellie's 28. But Ellie doesn't know some of those songs. Blink 182, oh my God, who else? Living End, I'm trying to think who else she listens to. God, like Prince maybe, there was some old school Goo Goo Dolls, I don't know, there's lots of old school stuff, Banana Rama, <laughs> I don't know, I'm probably lying now, um, let us know if you have questions you guys, because if you don't, I will jump off, because um, I won't stay on if there's no more questions, so post your questions real quick, I'll give you a couple of minutes to to post them, um, oh someone did ask about um, fueling for Ironman, which we've talked about many a times, and we always recommend on the bike for Ironman, you want to try and get to at least one gram of carbohydrate per kilo of body weight per hour. So if you're 60 kilos, you should be having at least 60 grams of carbs per hour. And I get uh, people arguing back and forth about this. This is trial, tried and tested and 20 years in the sport, um, it works, but you have to just make sure you're still sipping on water. Um, if you mix electrolyte with eating all your uh, carb, carb uh, drinks or carb fuel, then that's more carbs your body has to digest. So just be mindful that you want to have, for every 10 mils of carbs, you need 100 mils of water to digest that each time, if not more. I used to try and get in about one and a half grams per kilo of body weight per hour, so I'd go almost up to 90 grams an hour on the bike in mostly in carbo fuel it was like an uh like a powder form uh liquid form but uh it's good to have a bit of solid as well some people don't love having solids but it's good to mix it up but definitely not all in solids and do not eat beef jerky which i read the other day that one of the athletes was doing that is the worst thing you can have protein is so hard to digest and having that in a race it might work now for you but it's not going to work when you're under massive gi stress it's like the worst possible option so you want carbs and you want quickly absorbable carbs and sugar is very quickly absorbed too hence why gels are often the go there so let me see is there any opinion on caffeine or not daily training or racing so um ideally if i had a choice and i wasn't a coffee addict although i drink decaf now 
there is definitely benefits if you're looking for it. The thing is, if you're like, say, Jan Frodeno and you're looking for that 1% or Tim O'Donnell or Marinda Carfrey, if you were well, a caffeine addict or drink coffee all the time and go off it for two weeks and then have it the morning of the race, it's absolutely going to help. And it might be like 0.5%. But if you're an age grouper and you could get 10% by just getting a little more aero on your bike, I would not be worrying about the benefits of caffeine because it also makes your heart race and you have a lot of trouble sleeping after the race. I would say for uh, an Ironman, um, it would help to have uh, caffeine gels in the run, absolutely. But if you're thinking about ways to get that small half a percent, one percent, look at everything else first. Look at your bike setup, look at your whole overall nutrition, your holistic approach to your nutrition, Look at your bike technique, your run technique, your swim technique, your type of wetsuit, the type of goggles you're wearing, the wheels. Um, aerodynamics is huge. Like an aero helmet can save like up to three or four percent just in an aero helmet. Like the Rudy Project Boost is one of the fastest helmets on the planet. So I'd be worrying more about that than caffeine as a benefit. Um, I, if you want to have caffeine and you're used to it, it's okay, but be very careful not to OT on it because having too much can actually make your heart race. So I would stick to just having them for the run. Um, and Coke, if you've got a Coke drink at the special needs, I think that's brilliant. That always used to help me, that really high sugar hit, hit quickly absorbed into the bloodstream, quick glycogen stores, and you can use it really quickly. Coke was good because it was high sugar and it had caffeine, I thought. Some guys would have Red Bull, but I've also heard horror stories about Red Bull and hearts racing for Red Bull. So. When do we need to be concerned with wheels? Jamie Taylor. Um, I'm not sure what you mean there, hun, so just explain what you mean there. Uh, if you want to know the difference between training wheels and racing wheels, there is a huge difference, unless you're riding on like a shallow carbon wheel. But if you have training wheels and then you go and get Zip 440s, or sorry, 404s, or Zip, yeah, zip 404s, like that is going to be a massive difference um, race day. Like I think probably one or two miles faster. Um, so huge difference. The first thing you would do would be, I would say body position. Look at that first. That's going to give you the biggest advantage. Then look at wheels. Um, then look at helmet. Actually, helmet is actually first, apparently. I don't know. I'm not an aerodynamics queen, but Dan might know more about this. But um, you want to look at helmet and you want to look at wheels as well. Um, it definitely makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah, I would, um, if you're using training wheels right now, Jamie, and you can rent race wheels, 100% I would do that. Um, it will make a fairly big difference, but also make sure that you're looking at your setup and there's not something you could do, like move your pads out a little bit to get you more comfortable, get your diaphragm opened up more, are your hips too close together, is your hip angle blocked up, can you open up your hips a little more, and that um, can you get your bars out a tiny bit, can you get your seat a little bit more forward, like make sure you've got all that as well as, um, so I would definitely go bike fit first, look at that, can you get a tiny bit lower without any lower back pain, um, and then so look at the cockpit area as well, and then check out the wheels, but definitely an advantage, huge advantage, absolutely, and if you don't have an aero helmet, the Boost has aeration, don't go and buy those huge wing helmets with no air ventilation for an Ironman, it's just, and even a half, it's way too hot, um, you want a helmet, and I know the Giro's having too, but at Rudy Project, you guys get 40% off. So why wouldn't you buy a Rudy Project? The um, Rudy Project Boost, the new one, um, has aero, uh, a lot of aeration. So you want to be looking at that when you choose a helmet as well. Yoki dokie, any other questions, you guys? Let's have a look. Yep, yeah, Jamie, awesome. And Jamie, um, I hope you got to see um, John Dullard. 
Um, we talked a little bit um, together with Jamie about um, just stomach issues and most people suffer some sort of GI stress or some sort of microbiome dysbiosis just because of the horrible Western diet that we have. Um, and plant-based people tend to have less issues that have moved to that and do fasting um, and do autophagy a couple of times a year where they're cleaning out their system. 24-hour um, fast is so good for cleaning out your system and if you're having any sort of gas or issues or tummy pain or cramps, you probably need to do the full tummy reset before you even go and look at um, trying to do pre and postbiotics. You want to do a reset and clean everything out and get those that microbiome level good. Like the Viome test will tell you what you need and what's in good levels and I found out that I was just had the wrong amount of microbiome and not enough of one and too much of another and I had to go on a low FODMAP diet which was foods that uh, create sulfur, I couldn't get rid of it so I'm now on low FODMAP, completely did do like a fast um, 24 hour intermittent fasting like 3 or 4 days a week and it's completely revolutionized, no more tummy pains, no more cramps but you have to reset it first before you try and add things or eat differently so John Dulard, a guy here from Boulder um, it's called the Boulder Reset actually, um, got me onto this tea and some pre and postbiotics after I did the whole reset on some other special stuff that was like, yeah, it was a really weird herbal tea and some other things and changed what I ate a little bit so that I could get that balance, so I'm feeling much better. It's all under control now, so yay. Alright you guys, well thank you for being on. Um, I don't see any more questions, but I would like to say that, I'm going to type it in here, um, save the date please everybody because we have an amazing announcement we officially have partnered with Hugh Darnell as you know from last week we did um, a strength conditioning zoom session with him and we only did about 15-20 minutes he was amazing so Monday the night which is next week at 5 MST and hopefully Ashley will send out an email very soon you'll also sit on the page um, we will have uh, Hugh Darnell doing a strength mobility and stability sports specific session um, I'm writing it in as I go. Sports, whoopsie, sports specific strength mobility. <clears throat> Let me get this type thing right and stability. And it's going to be every second week. And you guys, I wish we could offer it for free. We can't because he he charges about two hundred dollars an hour. So we have to pay him for his time, but it's only going to be $15 and I'm going to make the difference if there's not enough people there because I think it's totally worthwhile. So it's $15 um, and you guys will be able to sign up for that online and it's absolutely worthwhile because I think um, some of the other strength trainers like Aaron charge about $160 a month or $160 per session and you guys are getting this for $15. It will be virtual. If you can't attend it, you'll be given the Zoom link to do it later on during the day or the next day or something like that. So you'll still be able to do it. Um, Beck, I haven't even completed my first sprint try and I've signed up for my 70.3 next July. That is not nuts at all. I mean, this is amazing. You have your sprint try and I think it's a couple of weeks, like four weeks time. Um, yep, there we go, August 28th. And a year to train for a 70.3 is even way enough time. Um, we always say you can get through an Ironman. Like I've gotten a guy to an Ironman in under 13 hours, under 12 hours actually, um, Bill Carmody. And he only had about 16 weeks and he did it from no training. But you've got to be very dedicated to be able to have five or six hours a day some days. Um, it's totally doable at 10, 10 hours a week, but you, I would say six months minimum for an Ironman. 12 months you're going to be sweet. Um, but you could totally get away with the six months. You have a year almost to do a 70.3 and that is so long. You're going to be so ready by then. I would even have gone sooner 
but don't worry, you have us. So plenty, plenty, plenty of time. We have programs for you that will suit off-season, start a season, and then get you into that 23-week 70.3 intermediate or beginner or even advanced uh, 70.3 training plan. So yes, the video is going to be shared. Yep, so you can sign up $15 and you'll get that video and you can replay it and watch it and do it. And you know what? If you don't want to pay the $15 and you're going to be a tight ass, why don't you have three people in your household do the Zoom with you and pay $5 each. Like if you're in the same room, do it together. We're not saying you can share the Zoom link. You won't be able to do that. But you could have your friends join you for it. It's absolutely worthwhile. It's an incredible investment and he is totally worth it. And we're trying just to add value to you guys with the best in the world. So he coaches Ellie Salthouse. As you know, he's a strength coach. And I believe he's one of the best rest strength conditioning coaches um, in Australia. Okie dokie. It's on the page already. Look under announcements. Oh, okay. It's already on there. I did not see that. So let's pin that to the top, Ash, if we can. Um, hopefully we can send an invite out via email as well. You guys, we only have a week to do it and we're probably going to limit to about 20 people. So um, get in there and get that link and get that done. All right, you guys. Well, thank you. I'm going over and out. Going to go check on our new babies, which I can see right now. They look very happy and very overweight. Um, but really excited about that, about Hugh. And uh, if you're not following us on Instagram, Rebecca Keat, Tim Sewer's Tri Club, or Siri Lindley, please follow because we've been doing like a Get Sweaty with Salty series. It is amazing and it's behind the scenes um, of Siri's documentary and also of Ellie's hard ass, hardcore training, sneak peek into all her, her training. And you guys get much more insight into that anyway when we go live and post videos of her than, than the general public, but it's really cool. All right, you guys, thank you, and um, we're always here. Just tag me if you have anything else or just DM me. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hey, Ashley again. Hope you enjoyed tonight's chat. If you'd like to join these in real time, just join the club at TeamSeriousTriClub.com. Thanks so much.